0: Hey y'all. It's the Yay show. This is Lisa Clapper, and I'm back from NOLA, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. How many times can you say it? How many ways can you say it? I could keep going all day. Uh, welcome back to me, to you, to all of us. I just did so many interesting things in New Orleans. Um, Primarily, I went there for the bat mitzvah of my dear friend Jamie's daughter, Anya, which was a two-part affair, morning in the temple and lunch. And then in the evening, there was a party very much aimed at 13-year-olds, but quite fun, with uh, a lot of uh, things to dance to, drinks to be had. Uh, lots of fun, silly things like photo booths and booths and sprayed on tattoos, which I forgot to get, and a candy bar and a giant cake made by my fabulous new client Tess Mahoney, also known as Tess Kitchen, but more on her perhaps in another episode so I wanted to check in and say hey and the primary thing I wanted to talk about I often have no idea what I'm going to talk about, which is the whole point of this thing. But I recently started subscribing. I don't even know if that's the right word. I am now using something called Sane Box, as in the opposite of insane, to sort and categorize and make my email. Yes, they deliver on their promise much more sane. And I heard about it from Jocelyn K. Gly on Hurry Slowly, which is a podcast I heard about from Dan Harris on 10% Happier when he was, I don't know, he wasn't actually talking to her yet, but then he had her on later. But it was, it was actually a, uh, a little coda at the end of one, of one of his episodes where he answers voicemails from people who listen. And he recommended somebody listen to that. And I have been listening to it. And Tara, not Tara, that's Tara Moore, who's on my mind because I um, am thinking about playing big and getting underneath the seven layer, probably for me, 12 layer dip to my Y. And that uh, happened in, wow, in surprising, unexpected fashion at the retreat that Jamie was hosting. So that was the second reason, main reason I went was for Jamie's retreat. And then the third reason, which was really a reason I manifested through help from Jamie because I put out in the world to a few people what I do. And I sent out a little intro to Yay, and Jamie sent it to Tess, and Tess reached out. And and then I did a two-part Ye storm workshop with her, which was amazing, and just gave her a chance to talk and get outside her own head and hear another voice with another kind of perspective uh, that I offer to people and also my voice through her voice. What? Okay, whether or not that makes sense, I think you get what I'm saying. So, give Tess a chance to voice some things and we were, we were circling and circling and circling around clarity and getting really close to that, which is really super neat. And then making decisions is another thing that I was able to help her make some really simple decisions that would save her time. And one that's gonna save her six hours A week, which is a big deal when you're a startup baker doing rad things. So she um, is going to launch her Shopify site, and that's going to make orders and so fulfilling orders and doing things so much easier for her. And so, nonetheless, I am stoked for that for her. And so that was three things that three sort of anchors of New Orleans and. I got to see and hear music and see and hear friends' voices. A couple of one-on-one moments with some women that I I don't know that I know all these stories from them. And it's really an amazing thing to have these, you know, IRL, in real life moments with people. And this Venn diagram of one-on-one and the power of that cannot be overstated. And then in the retreat, we I think we started with seven, eight women who were participating. And of course, Jamie was participating in a big way. And then one of them, I think her son was sick, so she had to stay home. So I believe we had a total of eight people the next day, seven plus one, which is great. I don't know, significance of that on 11-11. Anyway, I, Wanted to come back and do a bit of a yay show, but more importantly, what I want to do is come back and get this yay show out to the people who have already listened to it, uh, who are my early listeners, my early people, who when I was just simply recording on my voice memos and sending them out one at a time, sometimes through text, sometimes through email, and then I started a bigger list, which is uh, how I was reaching people, and I've been blocked for some reason from doing that by myself, by my own, whatever's getting in the way of that. And it's partly logistics because it's not my favorite thing to do, but I do believe that from a marketing standpoint, I need to be the first one. I need to build the list and send out the first one. And I have a template to send out the newsletter, and you know, there's all these things that go through, you know, I'm going to be super honest with you, there's all these things that go through my my mind about, well, then I want to send a yay collective newsletter, and is it going to be all too much for people, but you know what, screw that, you know what, you'll read my stuff if you want to read my stuff, and you'll listen to my stuff if you want to listen to my stuff, and if you're meant to, you'll do it when the time is right for you, and we do it all the time, I mean, get I get newsletters from people, and They get filed away and then I find them at the right time or I never find them. And that's sort of how this stuff is meant to be. You know, whether you go and you're a scroller, a clicker, a liker, any of those things, it's. I think that stuff finds us, meaning finds us, people find us when they're meant to find us and when we're meant to find them and see them. And so one of the things, so SaneBox, yes, SaneBox, What's cool about SaneBox is, you know, you can, you can really curate what comes into your inbox and what you see. And then it, there's a lot of other boxes like News and Sane Later and boxes that you designate and the same black hole, which I believe after a while they will unsubscribe for you. So all kinds of cool and useful stuff that will save time. And here's the thing it did for me is it made me want to check my email again. And my Yay Collective email is not that extensive, and I like checking that. But even in there, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's not important to look through, to sort through, to filter through every day. And, and this makes it simpler, and, you know, I've, I've, got, I've, deter- I've added more people to my VIPs so that I definitely see those. But you don't even have to do that. And then in my Gmail as well, and the Gmail's where most of the detritus, or as I used to like to pronounce it, detritus. I don't know why. I kinda like it that way. But you know, I'm gonna give it a shot the way most people say. So the detritus of daily life just comes streaming in unfiltered, mostly unread, but sort of adding a layer of stress. And even if you don't check your email, it's sort of like there. It's like there And sort of like the phone, what I've what I heard on either 10% happier or hurry slowly was that, even if your phone is turned off in the same room as you are, has this magnetic pull, deep sigh, that will make it a distraction for you. And I'm getting really good, you know, through tools and techniques and also just structuring my life by not working for other people. And that's one of the reasons Um, many reasons I like working with entrepreneurs, and I also give um, massive just respect and also encouragement to people like Tess, who came down to New Orleans a couple years ago and started baking in her kitchen and is developing a business from that that is going to be both savory and sweet, but that she's um, making cakes and cookies and also cooking as a private chef for a company down there and giving people this much needed missing uh, nourishment and and a, a sort of a taste of sweetness that makes you still feel good after you have it. And that's sort of uh, writing and thinking in progress, but there's um, there's this real gap in New Orleans of, you know, not just healthy food, but food that makes you feel good, that's just good Nourishing food that will satisfy you and isn't going to like throw you over the top and Make you unhealthy and there's just not even a lot of salad places. So anyway, that's about tests and The test kitchen stuff that's currently going on and more to come but um, Being able to structure your own life doesn't mean that it can't be overwhelming and that you also Don't you know, you have to create your own containers and rituals and frameworks and guardrails I mean, whatever you want to call those things. You have to do that for yourself. And it can be hard because the day can just get away from you. And it's much like when you're doing mindfulness training, it's like, are you going to follow a thought? Are you going to let your day get away from you? Well, sometimes that's part of the Charm and the magic is that you want your day to get away from you, and you want to go down a rabbit hole that turns out to be lead you to um, Wonderland, if you will, if you'll if you'll indulge me on that metaphor that I followed. And sometimes creating a little bit more structure enables you to be creative, productive, get what you want to get done, or at least get somewhere on it make progress make motion make mo- momentum and while i'm in the middle of my segue for my segue, i wanted to tell you that one of the things i was one of the episodes I was listening to was about making decisions and making bold decisions instead of weak decisions and then holding them weakly. and i might be misquoting that but bold decisions enable you to have motion and just making decisions It's funny, this never happens to me, which is cool. It's like, I never actually have the thing I wanna talk to in front of me, but here it is right in front of me. And the way that Scott Belsky, who was on episode seven, I believe, season one of Hurry Slowly, quick decisions versus wise decisions, the way that he talked about it was that motion illuminates the space of possibility. Motion illuminates the space of possibility and motion is the result of making decisions and sometimes you can make quick decisions sometimes you can make wise decisions sometimes you can make quick wise decisions and I think it depends on how much maybe decision-making fodder you have that's been going on in the background I talk about apps updating in the background it's like how you're like the thinking fast and slow I don't remember if that's a daniel pink book or somebody else's book but there's all this stuff going on in the background that we may or may not be paying attention to and that's the stuff that will help us make the decisions and the idea of yeah he said strong opinions weakly held so you make a decision you execute it boldly and then you might realize something else And then you make another strong decision and you execute boldly and another one and another one and he said and I love this because this is kind of what I do this is what I do and I didn't know there was a. I never know there's a name for what I do sometimes I do but for the most part I don't get caught up in trying to name to fit it into a naming box which can be ironic because I do name things don't worry about that irony just worry about nothing and listen to this I t- truly believe this as he says, we don't run out of the ability to course correct. We don't run out of the ability to course correct. How wild is that? So just make the decision, um, see what happens, take some action based on it. Doesn't work, begin again. But it's sort of like this paying attention to knowing what's happening and making that decision and beginning again. And so that comes from, that's some classic mindfulness-based meditation thing. It's just sort of like to try to be in the moment. You know, you could you could liken it to paying attention, making a decision, it's like paying attention, making a decision to pay attention to your breath, to not follow that thought, to not follow that sensation, to not be dragged along by something to make a decision. And then, Maybe you get dragged for a while, maybe you try it out for a while and it doesn't work, and then you make another one. So my, my metaphor is not complete and neat. I think you get what I'm saying though. So I don't know where that came from, but what I know is what I'm trying to tell you is that my decision to use the Sane Box, I think that's what I said it was called. Sane box email program, which I'm paying for because value. We value things that have value that sometimes we have to pay for. So I'm paying for that for Gmail and Ye Collective emails. And what that has done is it's enabled me to take the daily ohm emails, which I get two of, and have them show up in my mailbox in a way that I can actually see them, read them, digest them in a very simple way, if I want to. And so I've added that to my morning routine um, in addition to meditating and noting new gratitudes and picking a song of the day that makes me happy and or captures a feeling, a moment, a thought of the day. And then I'm also bringing back, I was in New Orleans, so I didn't bring my felt message board with me, but I'm bringing back the message that I'm putting on my felt board of the day. And I'm going to say it here right now, that I will, I will play, I will play in the Instagram realm with this. And let's just say I'll start next week, okay? Next Monday, I'll start posting these on Instagram. And here's what I'm not gonna worry about. Maybe some of y'all know how to do this. And what I'm not gonna worry about is my hashtags and everything I need to do to promote that. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start again. I'm gonna begin again. I'm gonna post these. If I put up a message, I'm going to post that message to the world. If I don't put up a message, I'm not going to share it with the world. But you know what? Like, again, I don't care if the world, who sees it in the world, but it's it's partly the radiation of that yay is putting it beyond just me in my house. And I'm getting, actually, I'm feeling this thing in my chest and my solar plexus when I say that, and that's about... Opening things up and even illuminating that space of possibility. Because who knows what could come from that? And there's a woman who sent me a message on LinkedIn, something about like being in, you know, doing social media so that people like me can do other stuff. And I think that there are a lot of people who reach out to me and all of us with a lot of different messages. But that one spoke to me. And I think there's a reason I saw it and a reason I got it. And I do need help with that because it is not my superpower or my super desire to spend my time making sense of social media and putting my stuff out there, but I think it's important to do it and it's the world we live in and it's how to build an audience and it's how to do things. And I I think a little bit about uh, Glennon Doyle, who I heard on the last episode of Magic Lessons with Liz Gilbert, who wrote Big Magic and on that last podcast episode I think it was like two or three years ago she talked about showing up before you're ready and her version of that was posting you know back when blogs were big people still have blogs but now I think you know Instagram podcasts and Medium have definitely replaced blogs as ways to get your stuff out there and so but she would write in her closet and then post before she got out of her closet and Anchor.fm has enabled me to speak on the Yay Show and post before I get out of my closet, metaphorically, if you will. So that's the thing that I, I have her voice in my head saying, show up before you're wedding. And when people ask her about building an audience, she said, it's like you have to, you have to produce the work that's meaningful for you. You have to say or right or do or paint or mold or make the music that's meaningful to you. And then you will find your audience. And I truly, 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 truly believe that. And whether it's one at a time or two at a time or a thousand at a time or more at a time, I truly believe that. And one of the things I was thinking about and here I'm getting, I'm feeling the emotion again, was two things, one thing, with Tess. And I think that the best, most genuine, generous, generous, genuine, curious combination, I forget how many words I've combinated to become the word genuous, but this heartfelt stuff, when you're creating, most great things start with creating something that is actually a need that you have. And so Tess has a need, Tess and her, boyfriend or fiance and his brother have a need for this kind of food, this kind of thing that doesn't exist, this kind of food that not only doesn't make you feel bad, but actually makes you feel good and nourishes you either in a celebratory way or in the moment so that you can feel buoyed to get on with your day and whatever it is that you're meant to bring to the world, whatever your gifts and hopes are. That's my Auntie Pua phrase. So that's one way that my heart is full is to think about that's that's why Tess is so grounded among other things, her work ethic and, you know, her enjoyment of the work and her figure it out and her sort of artistic view of the science of baking. Those are many reasons why she's going to succeed and as she defines that which that is not for me to tell you on this podcast but the second thing I was thinking about is is with the yay show and right now y'all know that I'm just talking out loud and that's part of my gift and it's part of what I do but one of the things I want to do and one of the things I do through my work and one of the things I do through my connection with individuals is give people a voice and help them think differently about things, just as the people who inspire me help me think differently about things. And I think we're all pulling bits and pieces of nuggets and gems together to to make our own lives and to make our own wisdom, which is why I never wholeheartedly swallow any one thing um, because that sounds really gross, eh? And I'm not one of those snakes that can digest that big old thing I just ate over days I am not that I need to take things in small bites and apply them when the time is right when the moment is illuminated and speaks so loudly and clearly to me I can't do anything else but that and so that's what how I look at my life and you know my mixtape of wisdom that adds up to my life so far so far my life so far, y'all. And here. so, when I did look at the Daily Om not so many minutes ago, it was about speaking your piece, peace P E A C E. And it said that others are almost universally curious to hear more about my worldview. And that's rad. I think they're almost universally curious to hear about your worldview too. And I like the almost universally because some people just like, again, no. But I just, there was a reason. There are no mistakes, right? That's what some of the, I think it's the Zen Buddhists or the Tibetan Buddhists say, no mistakes, right? No mistakes, what you see, what you hear, no coincidences, serendipitous, karma call it what you will some people call it God's will some people call it the universe people call a lot of different things but I don't think there's any it's not a mistake right what you choose to see and what you um, one of the thing I can't remember who said it it was it was it was Jocelyn K. Gly and I don't know, episode six, seven, or eight of season one. She said, we have to pay her moment of zen or her moment at the end. I think that was her moment of zen. She always makes me think of John. Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Anyway, Daily Show. John Stewart. Miss him so. But the moment of zen is pay attention to what you pay attention to. Pay attention to what you pay attention to. Pay attention to paying attention to whether you're paying attention to what I just said so one of the skills I've been honing and developing is this ability to pay attention in the moment and particularly with people who I'm spending that moment with and especially no no especially whether you're paying me or not my attention and all of the skills that I've developed through that is the value I bring And my ability to take that attention and translate it into something that you can see and say to be seen and to be said, to be heard, to be seen. And so there's no mistake that I, you know, and there's also, (laughs) I mean, it's very curated. It's very created, it's manifested now that I can see this, but it talks about, it says, an intensely conversational mood can come over you suddenly today, compelling you to open up to people in the various spheres of your existence with whom you might otherwise not engage in dialogue. You know, it is is likely your upbeat and chatty frame of mind is causing you to let your guard down in this way. You can make the most of your talkativeness by using the conversation you find yourself in as a platform from which to express your views and beliefs. Though you may worry that no one will be interested in your individual ideology today, you will likely discover that others are almost universally curious to hear more about your personal worldview. And our power to help others realize their potential to lead more conscious lives, lies in our willingness to express our values openly and with a serene conviction. So, and then it ends further like this, we speak forthrightly and allow people to see the whole story of the values we hold dear. They will not only see the message on the surface, but also the deeper meaning that acts as the underpinning of our dedication. And it will inspire others to drive, to feel driven, to embark upon their own deeper exploration of the ideas we have put forth in conversation. The more you say today, the greater the impact you will have on those curious to know more about your personal ideology. But I think there's like, yeah. So here I am saying some stuff, huh? And I'm gonna be in a conversational situation later with some ladies, before we go see Gloria Steinem and Steinem, Gloria Steinem, Gloria Steinem, wow. I'm kind of overwhelmed with that. Her as a figure of, well, you know, how do I even say it, right? Feminism and breaking through and also always staying true to who she is. And so that's gonna be cool, you know, but here's the thing, right? If I have an expectation about it, it could very well, it will very well be different from what I thought. But I think that the intention is to stay open and be present and take in the glorious dynamic conversation that will unfold before me and what I imagine will be 95% women. And whoever else is there, is there for a reason. And I think that's so cool. And that's that's that connective, collective, live experience where we raise that collective by being interested in things together and as our individual selves coming together to do that. Uh, So one of the things that I'm not yet going to get into the details of, but this will will need to be unpacked, over probably several days and in several sessions of journaling and talking and even several yay shows, but is um we had we each of us ladies had moments and more than one moment where we shed our layers and definitely shed some tears and for me it came, you know, in an unexpected way on an unexpected time. <laughs> Always an unexpected day and an unexpected, you know, Jamie doing her psychoanalysis magic, her positive voodoo, and asking, keeping asking questions, why, 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 and we did an exercise about an exercise about our seven layers of why. After we did a quick visualization. Of one year from now, what would our lives look like when it's ideal? And Tara Moore also has a visualization. I think it's 20 minutes. And I think I probably, I'm going to add that one. I've been, I've been blocked from doing that people. Why? Why? Because I'm afraid. Am I afraid of what it's going to reveal? I think we're all a little afraid of that. Because I think once you actually go there and you deeply go to the 12 or 14 or 7 or however many layers it takes to get to your why I think that what happens is that you cannot live in another way you cannot live in a way that's not in accordance and alignment with that why and so that's why huh? we are held back from doing that work sometimes because we do have to go into the back of the cave we have to go into the cave and it's dark in the back of the cave and it's wet shit's gonna fall down on us and there might be scary animals and girl scouts and girls smoking and people telling you that you don't belong and you get to the back of that cave and, and then you feel like if you stay in that cave the reason I don't want to stay in the cave was not enough light in the cave but I gotta go in and I'm in and I'm definitely pretty far in there right now but I'm also out here living and telling that. And so I'm not ready to tell you the exact thing I was talking about, that the exact... Well, not the... I want to tell you the deeper layers of why before I tell you what the manifestation of that is going to be. But I think one of the reasons, one of the things that I'm afraid of, and one of, the, one of my things I wrestle with is is feeling left out and not belonging and not becoming, being a part of something. And it's a very, it's an interesting tension of like, we all are individuals and special and different. And we all have everything we need. And we are all these beautiful, complete, perfectly imperfect, human beings and of light and love but if we when we hide that light when we're you know not owning into it like for example I bought these matches in Austin in April that say be, be proud of the space you take up be proud of the space you take up yeah why do you think I bought those matches because I've gotten much feedback buckets of feedback about being disruptive and taking up too much space for my size. And that comes from people who want to tamp me down and control situations and control the voices and not not recognize that everybody everybody's power needs to be shown, shined, brightly brought out into the world. And so that's I bought those matches as a reminder, right? And I bought in New Orleans yesterday, I am, you know, I'm powerful, right? I'm powerful! And I saw a little tray and it says, you had the power all along, my dear. Anybody know who that's from? I'll give you a moment. That's right, it's Glinda the Good Witch. You had the power all along, my dear. Me and you, we all had the power all along. There's so much in our society, and i 'm not going to say especially as a woman and a girl, but i 'm going to tell you that's my experience as a girl and a woman that that can take you down and can take you tell you that power is not something we 're supposed to have and in the service of and i don 't think that's the right word because it 's not really in service of anything but of fitting in and playing a game and being accepted. We dim our light. We aren't fully who we are. We try a lot of things and there's a lot of phases to go through. And if we're at all on this soul-centric development, which I'm, you know, really feeling that I am on. And that means coming back and examining things and... and. Coming to peace with our sacred wounds and our, I forget what Jamie called them. Um, She had a different word for it. Uh, Sacred wounds. Whatever we use to protect ourselves. Um, uh, Blind spots? No, it wasn't those. Sacred wounds. Cracking open. Limiting beliefs! Limiting beliefs! No limiting beliefs. The thing is, we gotta understand what they are and call them out, and then we can burn them or tear up the papers, and then we can find a place, you know, for them to coexist. And, you know, maybe our inner critic, whatever we call or manifest her or him as that's part of that right that inner critic is all of those things are there they're designed to protect us like scar tissue they're designed to keep us safe and protected and you know my other one of my other uh right Brene Brown y'all Brene Brown I mean she talks about vulnerability and and all this stuff that like all this stuff it's like we build around ourselves, that prevents us from connecting or fully embodying. Living in this world is who we are. And we gotta go through a lot of different, I don't know, couple steps forward, couple steps back. It's definitely a, a roundabout spiral staircase of getting lost on a trail and circling, 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 spiraling sometimes, digging holes, falling in holes, tripping over, speed bumps. You know I could go on all day with this stuff, but I'm holding my hand on my heart here, which is something we did a lot. My left hand, not my right hand, because who knows why. But one of the, some of the things we explored are our biggest obstacles to happiness and free association on that and being curious about that. What do, we, what do I need, most need to know right now? What do I need right now? And then we did I am positives and negatives. And I I was thinking like, as I am, I am not super confusing because I do that for my clients. Um, So it was kind of like I am not doesn't matter how I did it, but we went through all these cool things. And then on the last day, we talked about only two days, right? The three things that make me stand out, three specific skills that make me successful. Three things in my business that make me really happy that I would never delegate or outsource and then epiphanies and turning points Um, and then we moved on to the stuff I was talking to you about Um, I think I'm losing my yay on this one but what what I wanted to say or didn't know I wanted to say was a couple things. That my sacred wound, one of my sacred moons, moons, uh, it's a beautiful full moon the other night that I watched for 20, 30 minutes, is being left out, not being heard and not being seen, not mattering. To not matter. And so I think that One of the things that I am here to do, what I am here to do is to see and say. To see and say, to be so that I can be seen and heard. Or to be seen and heard through seeing and saying. And seeing is understanding and seeing is going deep. And it's for me and it's for others. And it's this idea of breaking no, it's not the idea of breaking through the surface, but that's part of it. The shedding, the delayering, the moving beyond, but To be seen is to be acknowledged. And the paradox of that is that to be seen acknowledges our uniqueness and acknowledges how different I am. And that's something that I'm sure each of us struggles with. But the trick is to like, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be forgotten. I want to belong. I want to be seen. But most of all, I want to belong to myself, and I believe that I do belong to myself. And that is the trick. And so here I am with you all, talking through that. I want a, I want a garden, a garden that nourishes. I want to nourish that garden. And I want to continue to nourish the being seen and sadness in the way that only I can do it. And that's a way that was probably always there, but it's a way that was cultivated and challenged and really, 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 really challenged in many instances that I, and by people who didn't, you know, from the type of feedback I got, they were very much saying that, it is exactly how I am as a person that they wanted me to change. And it was exactly my ability to make friends with people at work. It was exactly my saying and what mattered, not what got in the way of what mattered. And my seeing things differently that challenged other people, right? So... Fuck yeah, I'm proud of the space I take up. And I'll walk in, and I'll walk in, I'll show you that. I'll show you that. And you're, you miss that about me if you don't see me now. But, you know, it's not to be put on a small council and speak up over and over again for what's right. And that's not why I'm here, to do that in that small space, that still small voice. Still don't really know what that means. But my still small voice is my vibrating big voice. Okay, y'all, that's a little bit of the story of what's going on today in the aftermath, in the animated aftermath of New Orleans. And I'll be back to talk to you about my future self, my inner mentor, and what's next for me and you. But meanwhile, my goal for this very day, in the four hours I have left before I'm going to go see, talk to women about Gloria Steinem and then see Gloria Steinem. So one thing I'm going to say out loud is that I am going to make sure that I'm I'm heard in a way that's very true to me. As my daily OM friend said to me, and I will tell a tale or two. And last time it was about other people telling a tale or two, and there are no rules or structures with this. And I don't know if it's my role to create those rules or structures, at least right now. I think that it's all just forming and funning. but the cool thing is it's got this, you know, it's 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 two hours of dinner chat, and then we're gonna sit there and listen to Gloria. And so I know I won't be there for four hours going on some wild ride before I have to get ready for a meeting, which is what happened last time. But I will be sure that not only do I use my skills to be interested in other people and listen to what they have to say, But what I will also do is not wait for them to ask me a question before telling them something that matters about my worldview and the the world and what's going on in it. Well, I don't know what that's going to be. Might be something I just said to you. I can't say that right now. I'm just going to see what happens in the moment. But the thing is, it's... We've all been there, right? On a date or meeting a new person where It feels like they're doing all the talking and we're asking all the questions. We're asking all the questions and they're doing all the talking. Cause that's great. I mean, I love to listen to people and actively listen and comment and break in and overlap and all that. And then sometimes just listen very calmly, but I listen empathically, compassionately. I hear you, I see you. Hey, did we just talk about that? I hear you, I see you. Maybe not everyone else is where I am on hearing and seeing me, but they might not have honed those skills. They might not be skillful in that. They might not be where I am on my journey there. But you know what? One way to help them get there is to tell them what you say and think, right? Clear is kind, un- unclear is unkind. And clearly saying something and finding your time to do that and not always asking all the questions perhaps as a defense mechanism although like I said that is how I get to the truth with other people and even in the asking of the questions I can get to my own truth but I also need to as Sherry said, Sherry Lee, She said, I experience you all the time, Lisa. I experience you all the time. But today I saw you. (laughs) Today I see you. It makes me love you even more. Today I see you. It makes me love you even more. Namaste.